Hello everybody, welcome back to the Glory Glory My Night podcast. I'm your host as always, Kyle Quinn. And finally, um, we've got a, a victory uh, to talk about and some positives to discuss. Um, so welcome back to the show, Brush. Uh, great to have you on again. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm just glad we're here celebrating three points. One. Yeah, I think we said the last time that hopefully the next time you're on we'll be talking about a win. <laughs> yeah. um, so, like you said, off air, uh, just about. Um, so let's get let's get into it. Um, well, first of all, we'll talk about Burnley, obviously, and then we'll take a wee look back at at, at the Baron game as well. But there are lots of discuss around that uh, mm-hmm. even now. Um, so. United uh, got the positives are we got uh, a win, we got three points, we got a clean sheet. Um, Onana made a decent save in the game, and that was important for him to make a save and get a clean sheet, considering what happened in midweek. Um, Bruno exercising his inner RVP with, with that goal. Um, brilliant ball over the top from Johnny Evans as well. And Johnny Evans was quite unfortunate and not the score himself. Um, that's four games in a row with VAR have intervened to deny us a goal, um, whether those decisions were correct or not. I think I, I can't really argue with the decision, but what really annoys me is the Manchester City had something very similar in one of their games. I think Akanji was blocking the view of the goalkeeper, yet the goal was given. So, again, very, very inconsistent. Uh, these officials um, and hard wave and Michael Owen can sit and explain it all they want um, but it doesn't change the fact that the decisions were inconsistent or wrong um, but yeah lots to discuss um, around United's uh, performance especially um, with um, Hannibal Mabry um, getting his first competitive start I believe um, and he is just uh, everything that we've been missing. Um, he obviously got that goal against Brighton, which was a fantastic goal. But um, when he came on as a sub, but in this game he started. And what was wonderful was the double press with him and Hoyland. Now United having two players in a forward area pressing is uh, something very unusual to us supporters, um, but very much welcome. And I, I absolutely love seeing it. I can't overstate that much, uh, too much. Um, I love them tracking back and getting tackles in. Um, I love his enthusiasm for for the shirt, you know. Um, and obviously, he's got such uh, ability on the ball as well. He's, I think he was even toe-tapping at one point, uh, showing off his silky skills. So, I don't think when we're sitting here at the first game of the season when we played Wolves, we would have been talking about Hannibal Mabry being part of the starting eleven. But here we are, Brush. So, what's your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's been a breath of fresh air, hasn't he? Um, uh, like you, I was quite eagerly uh, waiting in anticipation for his start to see what he can do. So we've seen glimpses uh, of his passion and aggression in the past. Um, his aggression is probably something that had me a little bit concerned because uh, he can be a bit rash, but it was nice to see him keep it in check and keep composed yesterday. Um, obviously very young. Uh, it's going to take time. Uh, based on what we've seen from McTominay this season as well, I'm I'm quite happy that Hannibal is an option. He certainly deserves more minutes. Um, the only thing, if I was to critique him on, positionally, I would like to see a bit better awareness, but that will come with time. Yeah, he's obviously still only 20 and, and yeah. he's learning, um, but he's certainly come a long way since... Uh, Ranyuk uh, scolded him for his um, aggressive performance at Anfield. Um, yeah. He's 
being able to channel that into controls aggression and not getting himself um, in a position where he's lucky to stay on the pitch. Um, I did notice that he did get 10 yellow cards for Birmingham last season as well. <laughs> and no surprise, he got I think he had yellow against Brighton too. Um, yeah, so, but, but uh, we, it's great to have a combination of someone who's so enthusiastic and, you know, presses really hard and tracks back, um, but also has ability as well. Um, McTominay, I think, is, is, I think we've said it many times, is, is a limited footballer despite his form for his country. Um, and in, We've all seen that clip being uh, shown online again and again of McTominay losing the ball against Byron. And then, I mean, he was only on for a few minutes. And so it couldn't be tiredness and didn't chase up a McCannu up the pitch, just kind of jogged, which really annoyed everybody because that's what uh, McTominay is known for, um, for his work rate and his tenacity. And he just seems to be disinterested. So we were all absolutely amazed that he started against Burnley. Mm -hmm. uh, and it wasn't... It wasn't a technically good performance again from him. Um, and it wasn't a good performance in Rashford either, to be honest with you. There was a lovely ball played by Hannibal outside of his right foot to Rashford, who then again just um, couldn't make his mind up as to what he was going to do and end up just shooting. And, and there was about four players around him at that point and the, 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 one of them got the blocking. He should have been really looking to play somebody else in if he if he didn't get the shot away early. Um, so another frustrating performance from from Marcus Rashford and McTominay wasn't very good either. Um, I think when when Kobe Manu comes in and Amrabat had come on very late on in the game, once they're both fit and available uh, to start games, I think McTominay is going to be way down the packing order, isn't he? Absolutely. Um, in all honesty, there was a very good chance that he could have gone in the summer, but they decided that 30 million wasn't enough. Um, despite the way he looks, he is getting on in age as well. I think he's 26, 27, is he? Um, so yeah. he's coming to the later stages of his career where he's going to want some first team football at some point. So it wouldn't surprise me if he moves on in the next next year or so. Yeah, still no apology from Sancho. So I anticipate that McTominay and Sancho could both move on in Jan, uh, mm. if we can get if we have, and then we could use that money to to get somebody else in because uh, I think we're still short in certain areas and we've got a massive injury crisis, of course, as well. Um, I hope hopefully Region, who has been a, bre a breath of fresh air uh, in these three games that he started, um, I hope he's not now injured. He looked like he might have had a hamstring injury at the end of the yeah. game and had to come off. But uh, Tin Hag said in his post-match press conference that he was ill, but his commitment to the cause ensured that he played on anyway. Um, hopefully it is just illness and, and not a hamstring injury because that would be a massive blow. To have both your first and second choice left-backs out, then your emergency loan left-back out injured as well, <laughs> it just becomes an absolute disaster, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, like you say, I've been pleasantly surprised with him. Um, I think maybe because we had no expectations, um, you know, he's uh, he's coming and he's impressed, or at least going forward-wise. Yeah, yeah. We, I think we knew before he came in that he's not the greatest defender in the world. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. He did make a crucial intervention against Brighton. Not that it mm. mattered, but um, it's where it's going forward is where he's really impressed, and we haven't really got, we haven't really seen the benefits of that because people are not getting on the end of his crosses. Um, again, 
the crosses are just going across goal and nobody's tapping them in. Like there was a good cross by Dallo yesterday in the second half, which I think Hoyland stretched for and couldn't quite make the contact. Um, yeah, yeah, we want to see more tap ins as soon as that sounds. You know, everybody wants to see spectacular goals or great team goals, but I want to see tap ins because that's exactly what United have been lacking in, mm-hmm. in recent times. Um, yeah, so Bruno's criticized for his performance in Munich. Um, heavily, um, but he came back with a strong performance last night and got a, a captain's goal. Um, he was awarded man of the match. Some people are debating that. They would have chosen Evans or Hannibal. So Evans on his 200th appearance for the club. Um, I felt, felt sorry for him having that goal ruled out. Um, but then uh, he got a wonderful assist uh, for Bruno. And um, so which which one would you select as your man of the match? Would it be Evans, Hannibal or Bruno? Uh, for me, it's probably Johnny Evans, um, just given his age and his commitment to the cause. And he put in a very experienced performance yesterday. I thought that he did very well. Um, do you know what? Coming from the club that he came from as well, I think he's probably used to uh, relegation scraps and that kind of game, so to speak. Uh, and that's pretty much what Burnley are in. So you knew it was a tough place to go. Um, especially with a few of the batterings that they've taken as well. I figured that would be a, a bit harder to break down um, yesterday. And yeah, his experience shone through. Very unfortunate with the uh, with the goal being given off. Um, well, it wasn't off, was it? It was, um, uh, I think Hoyland was impeding the goalkeeper, was it? I think Hoyland was blocking the keeper's view from blocking an offside the, yeah, position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, on the on the VR replay, I can't really complain too much. He, he was pretty much all over the keeper. Um, but, but the yeah. reason why that annoyed me is because Manchester City... The inconsistency, they, yeah. yeah. Against against Fulham, I think Nathan Aki scored mm. a similar header and mm-hmm. Akanji was blocking the view of the Fulham goalkeeper, yet the goal was given inexplicably. Um, yeah. So there's... No consistency whatsoever with that one. And I have to say, you know, I experienced this myself with when Hoyland had the the ball in the back of the net against Brighton. Mm-hmm. I didn't celebrate because I knew VAR would rule yeah. that out. Yeah. Um, and and yes, that one, I mean, VAR did show it was the correct decision. It was just very unfortunate. But, yeah. But uh, VAR, and I've seen someone bring this up on Twitter, and uh, several people have, uh, uh, including myself, that it's kind of... VR has ruined the game as a supporter. That every you can't just the sheer relation of the ball hitting the back of the net and uh, everybody roaring. Um, there's always a doubt in your mind is it going to be given though? Has there been an infringement? So you kind of hold back your celebration sometimes. Um, and then it, and then the, it's the you're absolutely dejected then when the goal is, is ruled out. Um, mm-hmm. So it's I, th- I just think it's 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 a ruin. But like the best moment um in football for fans is when a goal is scored and you, and the raw emotion in that moment. I think VAR is sort of taking that away from us a wee bit. You know, would you agree? Uh, it's, it's it's a double-edged sword, isn't it, Carl? Because if you're on the wrong end of it, uh, you'd be crying out for VAR. Um, you know the Porto in '04 comes to mind when Scalzi's goal was wrongly given offside. With VAR, that that wouldn't happen. You would hope. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're right. Like in the moment now, I don't think you can you can celebrate the same if you think it's a fifty fifty decision because it's always in the back of your mind. Oh, oh is it given? Mm. And then it's not quite the same when it is given after it goes to the bar. 
Yeah, if it's reviewed and then given, then you know, yeah. even if it was not given initially and then it's mm-hmm. given, I don't think you celebrate quite the same as you yeah, would. Yeah, you don't really. You don't really. You'd have to. You'd have to just celebrate full pelt and then see what happens. I guess. <laughs> yeah, but as much as I wanted to celebrate um, Hoyland's finish against Brighton, I just knew. Yeah. I just. I didn't even stand up. I just. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That one. Yeah, you could tell. It was unfortunate though. I was. I was disappointed for him more than anything. Uh, though it was the right decision, you know, on debut as well, Old Trafford. Uh, it's not nice for the kid to uh, to have his goal chalked off. So I was disappointed for him. Yeah, not nice for Johnny either. I mean, he was. Yeah. Uh, his his celebration. Was... Yeah, listen, on his two hundredth appearance as well, and you know he'll admit himself that he didn't even think that would happen. Um, I was reading his yeah. quotes yesterday from his interview. Um, you know, there was no other offers on. Like, you know, this was just an opportunity that presented itself. Uh, he's probably just as flabbergasted as we all are that he's ended up here. Yeah, and I suppose he has now proven that in games against the relegation fodder, then he he could he's well capable of starting those games and putting mm-hmm. in, in performance. Kind of don't really want to see him come on for the last five minutes at the Emirates when it's one one. If, if I'm being yeah. brutally honest. Oh, yeah. and I'll, I'll tell you what, just an update: absolute scenes in the North London derby. Oh, don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we went in at halftime at two one uh, one. It's now 2-2 two, two uh, with 10 minutes played. Uh, Arsenal <laughs> had a penalty. Christian Romero handball. Saka converted. Within seconds, Tottenham have hit them on the break. And it's, it's that man, Son, again, with a brace. It's 2 all. Yeah, I mean, Anz Postacoglu has not needed any time to get a tune in the Spurs, has he? No, he's not. And I'll tell you what, a lot of people called him naive this week because he said he's not going to be uh, approach this game defensively. Because uh, he said, you know, his players won't learn anything from that. Yeah, I, 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 Spurs supporters are going to absolutely love him the way the Celtic fans did. Yeah, um, he was he was an unknown quantity um, before he came to Celtic. Um, I think he was managing. I think you James. told me about him, Carl, because I remember you mentioned that uh, you know the way he went to Celtic and uh, he had good knowledge of the Japanese market. That's right. Yeah, that's why even now, Celtic yeah. have all the, the three Japanese players and two South Koreans. I yeah, think. yeah, because I remember you put me on to him uh, about that uh, a while back, actually, because he was picking up all these Japanese guys who were doing really well for Celtic. Yeah, because he knew he knows the J-League inside out because he managed there for about mm-hmm. five years or so. Um, yeah, so Son is doing wonders again under him after maybe... A bit of a, a dip last season from Sun, but yeah, uh, he, he got a hat trick against Burnley, didn't he? And he's a two mm-hmm. against Arsenal. Um, yeah, so we've got a we have um two home games now before the next, next international break in, in the league, uh, Palace and Brentford. So I'm hoping now we can put a wee mini run together and get ourselves up the table. Uh, I think we're eighth at the start of the day. Um, yeah. With 13th before the game started last night, so that's mm-hmm. not good enough. Three... Uh, the goal difference says it all, though, Carl. The goal difference, minus, I mean, we minus scored three, seven, yeah. yeah, it was scored seven, conceded 10. So, totally unacceptable. So, I think you touched on it. Uh, I was so glad that Anana managed to keep a clean sheet. Um, I feel like anytime he makes an ordinary save now, us fans are just sort of uh ready to clap, uh, because it was getting to that stage. Um, so everything, yeah, he kept it nice and simple, which was which was good to see as well. Uh, apart from that one two-handed dive over the ball, which was still a bit extravagant, 
Uh, do you remember that one? Like he was sort of covering a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because um, against Bayern, um, some of the shots, some of the, some of the things that frustrates me, um, it's almost as if he's playing beach volleyball. Um, I just feel like there's some shots that he could just catch that he parries away a lot. Um, overall, yesterday, though, for the game, uh, it's quite a disappointing performance, wasn't it, overall? I wasn't too happy with um, Ten Hag's in-game management either. I don't know what you made of that. I thought we were very late in making changes. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it almost seemed as if he was quite happy to just see out a 1-0, which is a very dangerous and risky tactic to take. Yeah, it's it's a familiar pattern with yeah. Ten Hag uh, when it comes to lack of subs and late subs. Um, mm-hmm. Again, he, he's able to make five subs yesterday, and he makes two. Um, which is and the, you get the fa- the way end were again calling for Garnacho to come on, mm-hmm. you know, to to get the second goal, and he didn't he didn't bring him on. And the reason he gave for that was that he felt we were playing really well, and he didn't want to tinker with the system. And disrupt our rhythm, um, which is quite strange because what we were watching was a bit different, wasn't it? Because we were trying to figure out what the hell the system was. Yeah, and we finished the game with a very unorthodox defense. Uh, Varane coming on for Region when yeah. he got injured, seemingly, yep. and and then Amrabat came on very late for for Johnny Evans. Um, yeah, so I, I'm not sure what. <laughs> I was trying to figure out where Amrabat fitted in. To be honest. I was like, uh, has he gone left back? What's what's happening? I mean, he was only a cameo anyway. Like he came on, he gave away a free kick with a foul. Um, it's quite lucky to get away with it. We were very lucky to get away with it anyway because obviously they had that brilliant move in the first half where they hit the post. Uh, had that gone in, I think it changes to the trajectory of the game, and that probably would have forced him into making um, more positive changes. Which also yeah. irks me somewhat because why is it that we have to concede? For you to consider that, yeah, I think that's been a frustration of mine with a lot of Manchester United managers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he just wanted to get over the line yesterday. Um, we needed he didn't want to take any risks. Is he see when managers are under pressure, then they become very anti-risk, uh, and they they just want to get results, um, one way or the other, and. I don't blame him in the certain in, in the current circumstances. You know, playing for a one nil at Burnley's, you know, uh, you know any win at Burnley in in the last decade or so is a good result because it's traditionally a very difficult place to go. And um, I know it's a very different Burnley now because they now play the f- football on the ground under Vincent Company, which they weren't known for under Sean Dyche, but yeah. still, um, it's not an easy place to go. Um, so. I don't blame Ten Hag for just playing for the one 0 but it's mm. it was dangerous, like you say, in any game. It's it's dangerous to do that. Um, we we as fans always want the second goal, um, as as a new, um, security, you know. Yeah, like all the in-game changes and like how we set up and everything. Had that Johnny Evans goal counted as well, I could understand why he stuck to what he did yesterday. But otherwise, I just I didn't really understand it to be honest. I mean, at one stage, Burnley made three substitutions in one go, and we were still just sort of watching on. Yeah, I, I, like I think I've said this before that even Ajax fans were complaining about the lack of subs, the Ten Hag yeah. mix. 
So yeah, they did warn us about this actually, but um, you know, given that the Premier League is a totally different league, and having been here for a season as well, I was just hoping that he would slightly adapt uh, and and learn. No, he he hasn't done that. Um, and the only time he's really changed things up from his normal approach is the Brighton game where he played the diamond, and that just backfired massively. Um, it worked for the first 20 minutes and then Brighton figured this out. They realised where the spaces were and exploited that. Um, but so he went back to his usual 4-2-3-1 yesterday. Um, wasn't great performance, scrappy game, but it was all about getting the points. Um, and really delighted that we got a clean sheet. I do have to say, though, um, Dallow again struggled yesterday and he cannot be taken out of the team because mm-hmm. Wamasaka got injured in, in the cameo against Brighton, which I wish that he never came on in that game. Mm. Um, so we can't really... Like, I mean, if what, if Region is injured, we're going to have to play Dallow a left-back and Lindelof then at right-back. It's going to be a total mess. Now, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Martinez is injured as well. Um, yep. It's just getting going from bad to worse. Now, uh, thankfully, and it would, would be really down to the bare bones, like because then who's, who's going to be on the bench as cover? McGuire's injured. Not that I'm yeah, terribly yeah. sad about that, but Varane is coming is back, obviously. Um, you know, you might we might be in a position where potentially McTominay might have to fill in a centre back unless one of the kids from the youth team come through. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't think of all Fernandez. He was loaned out to Granada or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fernandez is gone. Uh Brandon Williams is gone as well, I believe. Uh Tendon Mengi got released. I think he's at Luton now. Um, so yeah, there's really not many options. Yeah, um, I have to say we'd probably be looking at Casemiro and and, and Scotty as the uh, as the backup centre backs in an emergency. Yeah, we, the way things are going, it's going to end up uh, the situation that we're in in the autumn of two thousand and nine, where uh, you might remember the game where we lost three nil at Fulham, where we played a. Mm. a a back three of Carrick, Fletcher, and Richie Fletcher. Delat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richie Delat, yeah, and yeah, Carrick I remember Fletcher. that. And we were just taken apart by by Fulham in yep. that game. Yeah, I remember that Fletcher and Carrick off at the back, madness. And because that's that was Delat was the only fit defender. Um, and so yeah, and even field. with him, he he was more of a left and right back. He wasn't can even play centrally. Hmm. Yeah, he, so he was he was kind of the left of a of a back three, <laughs> yeah. Carrick in the middle and uh, Fletcher on the right, and it was mm. that was the days of Damian Duff playing for Fulham, and he just <laughs> ran right in that game, and yeah, so any more injuries, and that's where we'll be going. Now, it's always it's it's even more of a worry that you got so many defenders out injured, and one of your fit defenders is Varane, who can get yeah. in, injured at any moment, at any given time, <laughs> he can get injured, can't he? Yeah, got to wrap him up and caught him all. Yeah, so going to be not going to be able to rotate our defence against Palace in the League Cup. No, yeah. no, and honestly, we really need to. Um, I don't know how you feel um, at this moment in time. I'd rather prioritise the league. I know we're defending the Carabao Cup and that, but you know, if we yeah. had to put out our strongest eleven for one of the next two matches, for me, it would be next weekend. Yeah, I have to say that I don't think winning back-to-back League Cups is really mm-hmm. going to win Ten Hag many plaudits. Um, no. So, if I had to choose, if we could only win one of these games against Palace, it would definitely be the league match, in, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, 
we have form for losing to Palace in the third round of the League Cup. I believe Darren Ambrose might have scored mm-hmm. a long range goal mm-hmm. way back in like 2011 or something like that. Um, um, unfortunately, I know our manager is one that doesn't really believe in rotation, but yeah, I, I would really like to see uh, some of the fringe players get an opportunity on Tuesday. Uh, I'd also like to get a look at our second goalkeeper, to be honest. Yeah, well, yeah, you'd, you'd expect him to start games like this. Mm-hmm. Although, otherwise, I don't, I don't see the point in signing them. To be yeah, honest. exactly. Also, another thing I want to know as well is because I've never actually seen this guy play. So I know he's come from Fenerbahce, but I don't know anything about him. Um, I'm eager to see if he's a similar profile to Anana. Because if he is, then it tells me that there's some level of planning that's gone into some of these signings. And, you know, you're, you're, you're planning for the future in terms of a certain style of football that you want to play. But if he's nothing like Anana, then, you know, some suspicions are going to be confirmed that we just go with the flow. Yeah, apparently he is. Um, but okay. I'm not, I'm, I have to say I'm not totally sold on this type of goalkeeper. Um, mm-hmm. It might be great that they can play football, but if you, your number one um, priority as a goalkeeper is stopping the ball and going in the back of the net and Onana's not been terribly great at that in his first few months at United now, or weeks. Um, but I suppose that one thing I can say in his defence that um, David De Gea, Eben van der Sar, and I've been told Schmeichel all started off very slowly and made errors in their opening mm. months at the club. So it seems to be a, a rite of passage for Manchester United. The, the only thing I will say with him is that this is actually his profile, like from what I've seen, even in his Ajax days. This isn't something new. So when some people say, oh, you know, there's elements that Onana can improve at 28, I don't really see what else he's going to improve, to be honest. I think this is him. This is his profile. Um, And like you, I mean, I'm very old-fashioned when it comes to goalkeepers. I like my goalkeepers to be shot stoppers first and foremost. Yeah. um, I mean, I haven't even got saw the benefits of his, you know, his football on the ground because Mm. a lot of his... Like no goals have come from his long passes to Garnacho or Rashford, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they've perfected the playing out from the back. They're still still a work in progress. So there's been no benefit so far to having a goalkeeper who's got the ability of a midfielder uh, with the ball at his feet. Um, yeah, because but that, I'm not going to blame him for that though, Carl, just yet because obviously there's more changes that are needed in the team for us to really benefit from, you know, from the skills that he does have. Yeah. Um, and yes, and crucially, I mean, the third goal against Brighton, you should see mm. that. Mm-hmm. The first goal against Bayern, it's a horrible error. Mm. Um, and yeah, and like you say, he's even someone that he was a very unorthodox. I mean, I think it was a save he made against Forrest when, Forrest when it was 3-2. And his his legs were as high as his hands when he made the save. Um, he was almost, I don't know, it, it was just, I've never seen anything like it. Um, I like Very say, eccentric. Come, uh, this is why I say the only the only person I can sort of compare him to is like when we had Fabian Barthez. <laughs> yeah, well, that wasn't, that wasn't a <laughs> successful period, if I'm being honest. <laughs> no, one title in five years. Um only thing I will say for Barthez, though, at the time, he was actually considered one of the best around. Um, 
you were certainly in a sort of top five, top ten conversations. World Cup and Euro winner. Uh, he was riding high, but very, very unorthodox. Yeah, and and when you're struggling as a goalkeeper, um, mm-hmm. you know, fair play to him, by the way, for taking responsibility for the defeat of Bayern. I don't think it was all his fault, but... Yeah. That's what he he wanted to do the post match interview and take responsibility, um, and I like that because we also we complain with the likes of Maguire mm-hmm. not taking responsibility for costing us games in his post match interviews. But yeah, so do I. I did like the way he conducted himself in interviews. But honestly, for me, I don't even want to hear from players. You know, I just I'd rather they just uh, do their talking on the pitch. Yeah. Yes, he got a clean sheet yesterday, and he made he made a, a decent save. But mm-hmm. he's got a long way to go to, you know, to be in a position where United fans completely trust him. Absolutely. And then the one thing, obviously, yesterday we hoped that though we struggled to the three points, the three points is the pivotal thing, um, and we hope that it's something. It's it's a small building block, you know, to to build on from here. Because if we don't kick on from here, then that's an issue as well. Um, my one concern is that um, we saw this last season as well where, you know, we can string together a run of a couple of games and we'll get over the line. But then every once in a while, the one loss that does happen, we'll just get absolutely destroyed and we're back to square one and the goal difference heads back to the minus. So that's something we need to be very wary of this season. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've got like a, a run of fixtures now. We we hopefully we can pick up three points in all of them. We can't afford any more defeats for a while now. You mm-hmm. know, we we've had with three wins and three defeats in the first six games is not Manchester United form. So we want to pr- put together a run now. Um, and like I say, we've got Palace and Brentford, and then after the next is the national break. I think is it Everton away or something like that. Um, I, I saw that we have Man City. I think on game week eight. And it's a, it's a very reasonable run up until that point. Yeah, yeah, because after the international break, it's Sheffield United away, and then I think we've got Manchester City. Yeah, yeah. so it's a, a reasonable We basically need run. to pick up as many points as possible before going into that City game. Yeah, and, he, and then even after that Man City game, we've got Fulham yeah. away, and yeah. Luton at home, and Aberdeen yeah. away. So, mm-hmm. so apart from the City game... We don't have any big games until December. Yeah. So yeah. if we want to be winning all those games, or at least the majority of them, and yep. then we'll, uh, Man City game is obviously just a free hit. No one's expecting anything mm-hmm. from that. So if we can win all the rest of the games, then hopefully yeah. we'll find ourselves in the top four positions again. That's Yeah, yeah. And then uh, obviously with these teams at the bottom of the table, you know, they're uh, relegation contenders, aren't they? So they're going to make it so that they're very difficult to break down. So we just need to guard against complacency and not make silly mistakes, basically. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the team looks like whenever Amrabat is starting games, mm-hmm. if indeed he does on a regular basis. Um, I'd love to see what Amrabat and Casemiro, what they would bring together. Uh, I want to see that. We're going to need that partnership in big games. That is absolutely mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um because Ericsson has come in for a lot of criticism for his, you know, his lack of energy and I just think his legs are gone. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think this should uh, realistically probably be his last. Yeah, year yeah. W- wonderful guy, wonderful talent as well, and you know his experience and all of that. 
can definitely come in handy. I'm sure he's great to have in the dressing room, but you know you have to pick and choose now where you play him. Um, yeah, the, the role, the way we're using him probably isn't helping either. He's not really got a defensive bone in his body. You can't play no. him as far he, back as we've been trying because he just he just can't do it. He doesn't track runs because it's not his game. No, no. So yeah, I think the management has to take part of the responsibility as well. Um, but yeah, be be selective when, when you play him. Yeah, are you concerned about uh, Dallow's form? I just wanted to bring that up. I think um, now, obviously, he was terrible for that um, Ganabri goal, uh, the the second one that came in quick succession. Yeah, um, he got the run around there. Albeit the player he was up against is absolutely world class. Um, but yesterday he was up against um, is it Colosio? Um, Colosio, yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, he looked quite dangerous yesterday. You know, he was giving us all kinds of problems. Looked lively throughout uh, until he got subbed. Is um, he is he dangerous or is Dalo just not that good? Uh, it's pro- pro- probably a bit of both, isn't it? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those where I've not really been watching Burnley like that, so I didn't really know much about this guy. And I saw him yesterday. I was like, ah, oh, this Kalosho guy. He's uh, yeah, he looks quite dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, I'm just concerned that that Dallow is getting yeah. rinsed in games against Burnley. Yeah, but I mean, let's well. be honest though, Carl. We we know what Dallow is like. You know, if we had it our way, we, we and we were run competently, we would have had at least one new fullback coming this summer. You know. Yeah, I, I don't understand why he was given a five year contract this year. Mm. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to me. Because um, he's not he's not first choice, so why would you give someone? Uh, yeah, unless you're just uh, adamant that that's the guy you want as the backup, because he also saves you some money, because he can cover left back and right back. Yeah, it's penny pension, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. But well, I, d- I don't, I didn't. Although it it was bad defending uh, in midweek. He was up, up against Musala. Is uh, he's just out of this world? Uh, he's so, a wonderful talent, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, amazing. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, although I, I wasn't happy with his defending for the second goal the other night, yeah. um, he, he had to take into account who he was playing against as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a magnificent player. Um, so I, just, I want to talk a wee bit about the about the Baron game, but just before we do that, I want to do some player ratings. So, yeah. uh, Onana. Uh, I think he's sort of, I mean, he did what was required of him. I didn't think he was really tested at any point. Uh, obviously, kept this clean sheet uh, at five or six. Um, so, six then, I suppose. He, yeah, was... I suppose. He didn't really, he was never really tested, was he? Uh, he did what was required, but it wasn't much, though. don't think he one, was ever really troubled. One save, really, I think. Uh... Yeah, yeah. And even then, I think I might have marked him down had they not hit the post. Like, the post saved him for that first that wonderfully worked move by Burnley. Um, it was quite reminiscent of uh, of the training ground real, drills and the and the moves that have worked against us in recent weeks. We saw it happen against Brighton as well. Yeah. Uh, and if Bayern could finish, there was one or two moves that they put together like that as well. Yeah, I suppose you have to get a, a six for when you when you keep clean sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Dallow, uh, five. Uh, Lindelof. Lindelof probably also a five for me. Johnny Evans. Evans probably gets a seven, you know. I thought he was the one really at the back yesterday that kept 
kept composed. Yeah, and uh, two on the appearance, clean sheet, and goal ruled out on an assist. Uh, yeah, yeah, and the assist as well. Ball, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Regulon. Uh, Regulon was okay. Uh, probably a, another five. I don't know if that's harsh. Probably is a bit harsh. You know? That is probably a bit harsh, isn't it? <laughs> he probably deserves a bit more. Five point five six, maybe. Yeah. Um, Casemiro. Uh, yeah. Cass was all right. Uh, he was missing everything though with challenges and stuff. Uh, I think he might have had one tackle. Um, yeah, probably a five for catching them. Yeah, his his two goals against Byron kind of masked another really poor performance. Uh, yeah, one of those goals as well it was absolutely something out of nothing. Um, I don't really know how he scored. Uh, the movement, it looked quite Maguire-esque. The way he ran through, <laughs> pummeled the ball in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that when he was on the ground? And yes, he, when uh... he was on the ground. I just, it just reminded me of Maguire. I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't... He got a bit lucky the way it kind of fell to him and all that. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. It was ricocheting off bodies and... It was, yeah. Um, it was more. It was very scrappy, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it is quite telling though that he's one of our most offensive threats. Like when we look at like shots on goal and goal conversion, I think Cass is right up there. <laughs> yeah, a top scorer, I believe as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so Scott McTominay, this is going to be bad. Yeah, no, Scotty. Uh, I don't know what's happened to him. Um, I mean, I know he's a limited player and that, but he is someone that. Um, I don't have too much venom for because he can usually do something. But yeah, I don't know what's happened. He needs to fuck up his ideas. Uh, usually the things that we praise him for as well, I couldn't really talk about yesterday in terms of the energy levels and running and all of that. So probably a four for Scott. Yeah, I don't think him and the manager are getting on terribly well. Mm. I believe I was listening to uh, the Manchester is Red podcast and they they were saying that he, in a behind closed door friendly against Everton. Remember yeah. they had a few, remember they had a few of those in August. Yeah, um, they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he apparently was he scored in that game and he was man of the match, um, mm. and then he did he wasn't selected against Tottenham, um, and the camera panned to him sitting on the bench with a big angry look on his face, to, yeah. just shaking his head, um. He probably felt in his own mind that he deserved to start that game, uh, mm-hmm. and he didn't. Um, and we've seen his total lack of effort against Barron, which yeah. is. Totally I, I wonder as well. I wonder if, as well, if he was looking forward to that move to West Ham. Because yeah. I know it's the club that rejected it due to the fee on offer, but I wonder if he actually wanted to go, and was disappointed that it wasn't accepted. Yeah, I would say so. I was think I think mm. like I said before, I think West Ham would suit Maguire and McTominay. Yeah. Um, but didn't materialise as yet. So I wouldn't be surprised if West Ham come back in for him at some point. Yeah. Um, I think get, he's gonna be well down the packing order and should accept mm-hmm. that offer uh, if it comes in again. Um so Hannibal Mabry. Yeah, yeah, uh, he looked quite lively, composed. Uh, I liked what I saw of him. Obviously there's certain things that he can adjust and improve on but we'll see that over time I think uh, I've already mentioned positionally uh, I'd give him a six um, Bruno Fernandes 
Bruno again, uh, somewhat frustrating, but um, uh, there was a few good things as well of note. Uh, obviously, the wonderful finish it was it was it was a spectacularly well taken uh, goal. But outside of the goal, I liked that he's trying to look for Hoyland. There were several times where he's trying to pull little through balls through to him. He's trying to look around to to, to pick him out, and that's a connection I can see flourishing over time. Uh, there was one in particular in the second half where he kind of pulled it back and then played in Hoyland uh, on the left and then Hoyland took the shot almost immediately and it came off the defender. But yeah, things like that I like to see. I like to see from that, uh, from from Bruno. Um, I think I'd also like to see him settled in one position, but obviously with the manager changing things around, it's difficult. And Bruno always seems to be the man that, you know, that gets moved about. Yeah, he makes the mistake of being capable. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he's going to provide a lot of service to Hoyland over time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like I said earlier, and I love the, the pressing combo of Hoyland and Hannibal as well. Um, yeah. So when Hannibal's in the team, um, that's something that we're really going to benefit from. You know, you know we've, we'll get on to Rashford in a second, but yeah, Rashford is someone who's not known for his work rate, certainly not anymore. No. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, uh, he pleasantly surprised me against Bayern. Uh, he did actually track against Bayern. But yeah, we need to see it on a more consistent basis, don't we? Yeah, um, we're just, Hannibal and Hoyland um, are just so happy just to be in United's first team that mm-hmm. they're, they're just going to run around all day. Um, and that's what, I, that's what I love to see. Um, so Rashford, um, what he was, uh, he was criticised again for his performance yesterday. So still only one goal this season. So uh, what 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 do you give him? Yeah, very frustrating. He just couldn't get himself into the game, could he? Just decision making again. Uh, it's not been great. I think maybe uh, he was trying a bit too hard yesterday. There were moments where I felt he was trying. It was just uh, you know maybe he needs to get out of his own head. Um, yeah. uh, a four. Decision making is lacking. Yeah, 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 that's what it is. Uh, again, though, in those situations, I, I kind of think the manager needs to help as well by taking him out of the firing line. Especially as the game went on yesterday, uh, we were all calling for changes. Uh, you know, someone like a Garnacho, sixty fifth, seventieth minute, who who can come on and he's got that explosiveness. Why not make that change? Why stick it out with Rashi? Yeah, does the highest paid player of the club have to stay on? Um, can he? It's almost as if he he plays. Uh, and listen, um, games come thick and fast, so rotation actually helps as well to keep everyone fit. Uh, by yeah. keeping Rashi on, especially when he's terrible as well, it just prolongs the inevitable, really, doesn't it? Because it, it takes even longer for him now to get back to his best. You know, if he just keeps playing full nineties. Yeah, well, is is there an element of the manager is not getting on well with the likes of Maguire, McTominay, Sancho, obviously. Is he afraid of upsetting Rashford by substituting him because um, he, he doesn't uh, want to fall out with somebody I, else? I, 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 I don't know, but ultimately he's the manager, isn't he? So he's got to make these harsh decisions. Um, I know recently people have criticised him, saying that he has his favourites. For me, that's a non-starter because all managers, as far as I'm concerned, have their favourites. Uh, ultimately, it's up to them at the end of the day who they pick and choose. So I don't really have an issue with that, to be honest. 
Yeah, but I think that's some of the the players who are not getting minutes who are, those complaints are coming out to the regions, I think, to, to the media that yeah. we've seen that oh no probably Sancho feels as if um Anthony gets away with more than what he what he yeah. does. Um like he would be punished he'd be dropped for a crap yeah, performance, yeah. whereas yeah. Anthony will not be, you know. Um yeah, it's just it's just one example, but like you yeah. said, all managers have favorites. Yeah, exactly, and that comes down to man management and the individual and stuff. You know, listen, under Fergie, Cristiano used to get away with things that other players couldn't. I remember um, Eric Bay was very unhappy at um, like Harry Maguire started against Leicester two years mm. ago. Um, he'd been out injured for a long time. He missed yeah. he, he he missed two England games as well, but mm-hmm. and he was only. What, about sixty percent fit, or something like that, and he was culpable for all four goals against Leicester, and yeah. was was Bailly was fit and available, and was not selected. Um, mm-hmm. and I think Bailly was very very unhappy about that, that. That that came out in in the press as well. So, um, he felt as if he was being it was favoritism shown there as well. So it's not something new, um, but yeah, I, I do think there might be an element that of the manager doesn't want to upset the the biggest name in the team, the top scorer from last season, mm. um, who's sitting on a five-year contract. Um, yeah, because Garnacho, who plays in the same position, like fr- he started the first two games, but since then we've hardly seen him. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think there is an element of Rashford plays because of his his reputation and his standing at the club, um, even though he probably deserves to be substituted at times. Yeah, and that's um, quite frustrating because we don't want that, do we? People shouldn't be there just based on rep. Like, you need to earn your earn your spot, no matter yeah, who you definitely. are. Yeah, I, I, you see the same thing from Rashford in every game now where um, yeah. he's, run, he's running at their defence, mm-hmm. um, then he dummies, then dummies again, then dummies again. And then yep. all of a sudden, there's four men around him, and he still tries to get the shot away, knowing that it's. We all know it's going to be blocked. At that point, he needs to look up and pick somebody out. Um, but he very rarely does. And any time he has picked out Hoyland, it has resulted in in the ball being in the back of the net. You yeah. Know, uh, so. Oh, against Brighton, there was one where literally, if you just looked up and Hoyland was sliding in, uh, you know, it would have been a tap in. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, that was shared a lot on social media as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, but then decision when it comes to decision making, like this is not something new with Rashford. We've spoken about it for years. He's had this problem for years. He's what twenty five, going on twenty six before the year's over. Um, to what degree he can improve on it, I don't know. Um, it's just it's one of those you have to just utilize him to the best of your ability. Um, I know we've not had a proper nine for ages, uh, so they're still trying to figure that out as well. How they play yeah. together. Yeah, there was somebody saying the other day that Rashford is treating Hoyland like he's fucking Vikhorst. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's not used to having a proper nine. He's not used to someone actually being in the box and giving him an option. So that might be why he's got his head down. But he needs to start looking up. Yeah, there's a better player in the middle now. You need to use him. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because, yeah, I can understand. Because if Weggy was there, he wouldn't make the run into the box. He wouldn't get there in time. But now you've got yeah. someone like me sliding in, like, you know. <laughs> just put it on a plate for him please um, but yeah the encouraging sign is what Bruno's doing with him so yeah you know this is how you build up relationships and that 
the only concern I have with Hoyland is that um, uh, we've got no able-bodied backup. So again, I just hope we don't run him into the ground. So what about Hoyland himself then? What does he get? Hoyland again, I mean, obviously a bit frustrating. I mean, I'm sure he would be frustrated in himself. Uh, the one chance they had, he was actually it was actually offside, but it kind of irks me a little bit that he didn't at least test the keeper or get it on target. You know the one I'm talking about? The flag was raised and he kind of just slashed at it. Uh, he probably had a little bit more time and space than he realised. Um, things like that are a little indication for me. So I would always prefer that you'd take an extra touch or at least test the keeper. Um, the positive signs are there in it for him. So, yeah. From what I've seen so far, I've been fairly impressed. Um, I just am keen to not expect too much, you know? Yeah, he's not the finished article. No, so. no, not by a long way. Um, so it's one of those. But he is a bright spark, though. He's been one of the one of the few positives of our season. He's going to have games where he's going to score a brace and he's going to look amazing. Yeah. And then he's, and then he's going to have games where he misses chances. Where he's, and... where he's quiet. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. his heading ability and that needs work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. There was a header against Barron that was very poor. Yes, yes. So heading heading definitely needs work. And uh, Tin Hag then, um, mm. uh, what would he get? Uh, I mean, I guess we can't mark him down too low because ultimately his tactic won out and we stuck, stuck it out and got the three points. Personally, I don't like how we did it, but we did do it though. So I don't know. Uh, five or six, maybe. And for Hoyland as well, I'll probably give him a six. I don't know if that's too high. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with both of those. Ho- Hoyland a six and Ten Hag a five. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah about so, five for Ten Hag. Mm. It was a chaotic start to the Champions League campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the scoreline looks like the game was a thriller, but... It really wasn't. I, it's, I thought the scoreline kind of flattered us somewhat as well. Um. You know, for anyone looking at just the scoreline, they would think, oh, United put in a good performance. They must have given Bayern <laughs> a game. Uh, for large parts of it, we were, I thought we were totally down and out. Um, but it's it's a funny old game, isn't it? Uh, on another day, we definitely could have got something from the game. But just as equally on another day, it could have finished 8-4. <laughs> yeah, they, they hit the woodwork quite a few times. They hit the woodwork a few times. Some of the moves they were putting together were quite lovely. Um, and we were just getting didn't really have a response, did we? Um, yeah, I felt as if we started the game really well, and their first goal, which was the error from the goalkeeper, came mm-hmm. against the run of play somewhat. Yeah, um, yeah. But then after that, they they dominated. But I feel yeah. as if when they went two 0 up, and then when they went three um, one up, they started mm-hmm. the coast. Um, yes, yes. I think complacency complacency started to set in from their point of view. Yeah, and whenever they start coasting, then we would get one back. And then they would up yeah. at the gear and score again. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. um, so we were never really, we were never yeah, yeah. level in that game, yeah. apart from when it it's was. It's like level. when you're playing a younger sibling at like FIFA or something, and you're trying, you're winning two, two, by two bigger margins. So you allow them a goal to get back into it. But you're kind yeah. of in control all the time. So, you know, you can level then, things up and just go and score. <laughs> Amazingly, when they went four two up, we thought that was the end of the scoring, mm-hmm. and then United scored again. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, which pissed me off even more actually, because it was when the third goal goes in. That's when you go, oh yeah, yeah, we could have avoided that penalty. You know, <laughs> we should be level right now. <laughs> yeah, that was a very, very harsh decision in my opinion. Yeah. And, then, and when you look at the penalty that we were denied at Tottenham when Garnacho's mm-hmm. 
um, shot was charged down by Christian Romero. Mm-hmm. How can one be a penalty and one not a penalty? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so bad, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yes, it hits Ericsson's hand, but his hand is level with his chest. You know, his hand yeah. is not out. Um, his hand is tucked in. Um, so it's 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 a very 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 harsh decision. Um, mm-hmm. On another day, it might not have been given, and, and the game could have finished three each. But then again, we only scored those goals when Barron took their foot off the gas, though. As well, we have to yeah. be honest about it. Um, yeah, but there's enough there. Like I, th- I knew before the game that Barron leaked goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can be got at, um, they'll give you opportunities. So there's enough there to make me think that we could beat them 4-3 at Old Trafford. Um, now, that, I think, is the last group game. Um, that is, would, yeah. That's the you last ex- one. You'd expect Barron to be sitting on 15 points um, by the time Probably. that game, game rolls around, already top yeah. the group. So they yeah. might rest quite a few players in that game. Mm-hmm. We might need the points in that game so in that scenario i could could see us you know um winning the game gnarly and another thriller yeah um, thankfully i mean we're very much in it still because obviously the other game finished the draw in the group um so make of that what you will because uh, i'll tell you what because with copenhagen uh, i'm not gonna lie i took them lightly uh based on what little i yeah. know of copenhagen from many many years <laughs> ago uh, and they put up a fight and galatasaray didn't actually look that great uh, so yeah, it has got me thinking because we've got a back-to-back against Copenhagen. So yeah, again, we can't take anyone lightly, can we? We need to just go and, and do a job. Yeah, they went to Turkey and got a two-each draw, which is not yeah. what I was expecting at all. In... At all, especially in that atmosphere as well in Istanbul, where it's yeah. quite hostile. Has to be three points now for United at home to Galatasaray. Yeah, absolutely, the absolutely. But yeah, the, the draw in that game actually kind of works in our favour. We should be able to to secure second spot at least. Yeah, and yeah, if we could, we should be winning the next three games now. Hopefully. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I kind of well, like that we played Bayern first and last. I think it's a good, yeah. good because by that sixth game, it's a good measure of how far we've come. Yeah, and the hopefully we we'll have more players fit for that final group. Oh, game. most definitely. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait till we have a full, fully fit squad. Um, and that, like I said, Baron could be home and hosed by then, and mm-hmm. uh, they might rest players, so they'll give us a chance to to get a win yeah, there at Old yeah. Trafford. Um, yeah. The only thing is, I just look, I was just having a glance at the the fixture list, and mm-hmm. we play Baron at home in the final group game. Yep. That weekend, that weekend we go to Anfield. And... <laughs> <laughs> uh, no rest for the wicket. No rest. Um, no rest. Uh. Yeah, another interesting subplot to this group is that um, Rasmus Hoyland's brother plays for Copenhagen. Yes, um, yes, Battle of the Hoylands. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then obviously we have such a massive history with Galatasaray. Not all, yeah. Um, some of it very unsavory, obviously. Very, yeah, 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 yeah. Galatasaray has a lot of horrible history with English clubs, to be fair. Yeah, to say the least. Um, yeah. Hopefully it's not as bad as that when we go no, out there no. in the fifth game. Um, but yeah, we have to beat the Middle Trafford now. That yeah. uh, will be in around 10 days' time or so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm feeling uh, a wee bit more positive, as you would do after a, a victory, but not not convinced yet that we're, we're, we're out of the woods. Um, yeah, it's... We started the season horribly. We've got one win, so 
it's 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 not over yet. I'm not trusting this team yet. Um, we need to put a run together. And uh, like, if we could just win the majority of those fixtures which we named in the Premier League, and you know, cap the score down against City, then that would be acceptable. We don't want it to be like last season, like you say, we go on a win and run, beating yeah. all the, the teams in the lower half of the table, and then getting absolutely spanked. Um, yeah, just getting absolute. Yeah, anytime we got beaten, that was that was the, that real downfall. It was just yeah. The goal difference, just oh. Although to be fair, against Tottenham and Arsenal, I don't they weren't spanked in those games. Mm. Um, so, Mind you, we we just conceded, we just conceded too many. Arsenal away, we let in three. Aston Villa away, we let in three. Uh, Brentford away was four. Um, then obviously, what happened oh, I mean, this season. <laughs> oh, no. oh, oh, this season. <laughs> I'm yeah. still traumatized by last year's away <laughs> away endeavors. <laughs> Yeah, because this season, like we we've already played Tottenham and Arsenal away, and we weren't yeah. spanked spanking every game. I mean, no, Arsenal no. scored two goals in eight minutes yeah. added on after Garnacho's goal was ruled out. Mm-hmm. I mean, against Spurs, we actually arguably our first half against Spurs is the best football we played all season, and yeah. and didn't since score obviously because we quite often don't whenever we dominate games. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second half... And that, that's been Spurs. quite a reoccurring theme, though, this season, Carl. I think we start strong for the first 20 minutes or so. We look good. But, yeah, you know, uh, we, we end up conceding and things just go left. Like, it, there's been pockets where we've played really well. Um, obviously, we just got to try and get the squad back together as quick as possible. We're, we're almost kind of... And everything. We're almost kind of the exact opposite of... Um, Ollie Ball, where mm-hmm. <laughs> now, now we're like for for like forty five minutes or or so, or even twenty five minute spells, we're dominating games and not scoring goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, under Ollie, we'd be terrible um, for eighty minutes, and then we'd have a ten minute spell where we'd score mm-hmm. three three goals. Um, so I don't know. We're, we're now we're, we're having spells. We're dominating games and getting no reward for it because the finishing mm-hmm. is terrible. Whereas a couple of seasons ago under Oli, we were playing terrible, but we'd we'd score in moments. We'd have these moments where we would um, score yep. like a, a burst of two or three goals, and um, because of the quality that we had on the field. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to see us dominate games now and score goals when we're dominating, which we're which we're not doing. Um, yeah, um, we're starting off games well. Um, I just knew that even the other night in the Allianz Arena, the first 20 minutes or so, I thought we played some really decent stuff and, and then didn't score. And I thought, this is not going to last. At some point, Byron are going to come into this game and hit their stride. I'm not punished. Mm-hmm. Um, but I d- was not anticipating Onana throwing one in. You know, like if he doesn't do that and, and the penalty goes our way, then we come away with something in that game, but yeah, yeah. That we, we keep talking about um, conceding too many goals and that's because uh, the midfield has been all over the place. Um, this, the high press just isn't, just isn't working. I mean, teams are, are playing through that and then all of a sudden Casemiro's left exposed. Casemiro looks a bit off at this season as well. Mm-hmm. And then the defence, we're having to change it in every game because of so many injuries. So we've had no consistency in our defence. So yeah, that's the thing. Like, we've had to adapt. Um, yeah, not been helped out by any of those things. And then uh, tactically as well, it's been a, you know, it's been a mixed bag. Yeah, I mean, it's still not over that diamond formation. Don't know where the hell that came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, listen, like we were calling for Palestri for, for several weeks. We finally got to see Palestri against Bayern. 
and then some people uh, were quite underwhelmed. Um, I mean, he's a young man. You can't just throw him in against Bayern and <laughs> expect him to just, you know, take to it like a duck to water. It's going to take time. Um, and then obviously he couldn't continue it on against Burnley yesterday because of, of the change in formation, which is why I believe he was dropped. Yeah, I mean, normally young players, um, they're they kind of eased in in a league cup game or a, maybe a home game against mm-hmm. one of the the teams that have just been promoted or something like that. But to, to make a second ever start for the club away against Bayern, I mean, mm-hmm. that was an incredible decision by by the manager. They so he wasn't good enough to start at home to Brighton or or be it it was <laughs> but he was game. against Bayern and yeah yeah and then you drop him again the following week like I thought you know. After Bayern, I thought it would have been a good opportunity, obviously, to build on that, uh, to start him again. But then when I saw the lineup, I thought, I figure you dropped him because of the formational change. Yeah, you just... Maybe he has certain players in mind for certain games because mm-hmm. Palestri starts against Bayern and then doesn't play any role against Burnley. Um, Hannibal, obviously, he gets that goal against Brighton. We don't see him at all against Bayern. And then he starts against Burnley. Um, so they're being left out of games when you expect them to start, and then they come in in the following game. So maybe he plan like I know I know Fergie used to do this. He plans ahead a few games in advance. He knows who's going to be playing in this game and who's going to be playing in that game. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's what Ten Hag does as well. I'm, I'm not really sure to be honest. Um, mm. but certainly wasn't complaining about uh, Hannibal Mary coming into the starting eleven. And yeah, no. And he. he I think we're going to see more of him now. I mean, he might not. I wonder, is he going to, like, you wouldn't have assumed he's going to play in the League Cup, but maybe he won't now. Maybe he'll start against Palace in the League game. But I do think we'll see Palestri and Garnacho start on the wings in the League Cup game. Hopefully. Against, uh, Hopefully. Yeah, yeah Palestri should definitely start against Palace Ma- midweek. And, and Martial will probably start as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Martial needs a run out as well as a starter. Yeah, because we need to protect Hoyland as well. So, yeah, it makes sense. And Martial needs to sort of play himself. Into an form, Am- I guess. An Amrabat, I think, as well. Mason, mm-hmm. Mason Mount, I think, could probably come in and start in, in that game too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was something I wanted to mention. Now, with all these midfield options now, mm. we've got Amrabat is fit, Casemiro's there, um, Bruno Eriksson, obviously, um, Kobe Mane will come back in. Do you see, now with Anthony, you know, not part of the squad for foreseeable future do you think Mason Mount now will play on the right hand side whenever he's, he's I think it's going to be between him and Bruno you know I think one of them pushes out to the right if they both start yeah because I understand from Chelsea supporters that the majority of the good games that he played at Chelsea mm-hmm. where he had the biggest impact was when he was on the right so mm. that's something that's worth noting and Ten Hag because of now the options in midfield, the, the, once everybody's fit, there's going to be so many there. Um, and I know Ten Hag bought him to be a number eight, but he's just not a natural number eight. Um, no. So I can see a scenario where he plays on the right um, and hopefully that's where we can get the best out of him. Now he needs to, he's been out of form for a while. We know he's what he's capable of, but he's been out of form for quite a while now. So, Kind of needs to play himself back into form, and and maybe playing in a more advanced position uh, will help him do that. He's someone he needs a goal. Uh, I think that would change things for him. Um, so hopefully he can do that. So I would anticipate that he's going to um, 
get a start in my week, but uh, in that occasion, they might be at number 10. Um, one, get, leave Ten Hag, I, I don't know, you know, because we just talked about earlier that Ten Hag doesn't like rotating that much, so there could be, <laughs> there could be as little as three changes in this could game. Be, yeah, it could be exactly the same, couldn't it? Knowing him, yeah. <laughs> who knows? I mean, honestly, I mean, the only changes that happened really from Bayern to yesterday were, I think, due to the fact that he had a change in tactic and formation. Uh, if not, it probably would have been uh, more identical to midweek. Yeah, I would. I, I know any other manager or what? Yeah, not, any anybody manager? else. M- most other people would make wholesale changes for the Carabao. Actually, Mourinho wouldn't either. Mm. Uh, I remember. Yeah, he always played a strong team in the cups because he wanted to win them. Because um, he wanted to win them, yeah, because he's all about the cups, isn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah. Because remember under Mourinho, uh, beating Man City at home in the League Cup, uh, yeah. they they had a heavily rotated team where we were mm-hmm. playing our strongest eleven. <laughs> the strongest eleven, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I can see a scenario where we only make about three changes, but. Ideally, I would make 10 changes. In... Same, same. I would rotate out as many as possible. Just, yeah, Partly because I'm intrigued as well, because I do think some of the ones on the bench, I'd like to see more of them, give yeah. them some Le- minutes and see what they're about. Plessary, Granacho. Yeah, the, the um, new goalkeeper. The who, goalkeeper. Who ironically has uh, somehow ended up with the number one shirt. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Amrabat, um, Mason Mount will, will be probably fit for that game. Uh, and uh, do you know what though? I know we we haven't got many options available in 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 defence, but I wouldn't be risking Varane in a league cup game. I would rather... no, I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't. I'd I'd save him for 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 the league because if Leach is going to be out injured now, yeah. for a few few weeks, I, I don't know if that's the case or not. But then it's vital that Varane is available for more important games. So, mm-hmm. like, how frustrated would we be? Would we be if? Ferran started in the League Cup game and got injured. We'd be like, ah, oh, fuck off, you know. Because... Yeah, yeah, that would be the worst case scenario because it's really not worth it, you know. It really isn't. It really isn't. Yeah, so hopefully it's wholesale changes, um, and even Van der Beek and everything comes into the team. Uh, but don't be surprised if it's only maybe three at the most. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah I... see, do, yeah, for me, the Carabao Cup, this is a perfect opportunity to give Donny a runabout. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let, let's see what happens. I mean, <laughs> we all talked about the fact that once his, his former IX manager comes to United, then he's going to play more games. That just, <laughs> just hasn't happened at it all. It hasn't happened at all that way, has it? Uh, yeah, it's actually quite telling. I mean, yeah, if you can't break in under the guy that gave you a chance in the first place, then... You know, there's something seriously wrong there. Yeah, I just don't think that he suited the Premier League football at all. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, did, he, he had the chance. He had the chance to go in the summer. But, um, yeah, so reports were saying that uh, him and his agent, were he ignored the offers that were on the table until the 11th hour on deadline day, by which time it was all too late and, and the clubs that were interested backed out. Because they felt disrespected as well, because he hadn't replied to them uh, for the majority of the summer, which is which is fair enough. I can understand that. Yeah, I thought Real Sociedad would probably be a good shout. You know, they're in the Champions League, aren't they? So, mm-hmm. um, although there was like a was it, it was a France team or something was it that were in for him that were quite 
low down the table in legal, so I can understand him not being interested in that. But Real Sociedad seems like a would would have been a good option for him, but he, he didn't take it. Um, well, it maybe they it wasn't his decision. I don't know, but um, I thought that was going to happen, but it didn't. I I'm a firm believer that he should just go to Ajax. Um, if if they're willing, mm-hmm. you think they'd take him? Um, yeah, you'd think so. Yeah, uh, but, so. uh, but it's beginning to look like he's just going to run down his contract and leave on the free. Uh, yeah, oh, that yeah, that would be terrible. Again, Hello, one out the window. We're not going to get much for him anyway. It, it, it's probably about ten to fifteen now, isn't it? With, with how little he's played. <laughs> that much. <laughs> <laughs> even yeah, you know, it might be a package. It might have to be even that at the moment. You'd think it might be add-ons and stuff, but I don't know. I don't know. I think. Ideally, just one successful loan spell could change everything. But you know, yeah, he's not going to get much football now between now and Jan. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. ideally for me, I think Ajax is probably the place we could probably send him there for some kind of part exchange deal too. Um, that might be a way of getting more value uh, than money alone. Yeah, but who would who would we want from Ajax? They've got a right back that I like. Uh, Rensa I think his name is I'm not sure if that's the pronunciation he's only about 20 or so Um, yeah Uh, and we could do some competition in that area so yeah yeah, well, don't be surprised if Ten Hag uh, makes that signing. He, he certainly likes people who've played in the Eredivisie at some point. Yeah, yeah. I was somewhat surprised, actually, we didn't uh, raid them more this summer. Gone. Um, I would have quite happily taken Edson Alvarez uh, for, for his versatility, if not anything else. He's done well at West Ham, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he's, one that, uh, he's one of these utility guys. I mean, he can play DM, central midfield, uh, CM as well, and he can cover at left back. And Ten Hag loves that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he would have been a very useful addition for that price. I think it was about thirty-two million or something, which in today's market is quite reasonable, especially for someone who can cover so many different positions. Surprised we didn't get Dilly Blinden for another year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was quite shocked when he went to uh, when he went to Bayern Munich. But... Yeah, where did that come from? Yeah, yeah so strange. He was never going to play. No, no. Uh, so. We shall wrap it up there. Please, everybody, like the video, subscribe to the channel, and get your comments in down below. And uh, thanks for coming on, as always, Brush. Uh, It was a pleasure to be here. All right, I'll see you later. Take care.